It's time to talk money. The three congressmen you have here, two of them look like they could, they really could and did play ball, and the other one looks like he could bomb you. The Financial Guys Radio Show. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Here are the Financial Guys, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. You're just tuning in. This is the Financial Guys Media Network, and we are the Financial Guys. Mike Hayfleck and Mike Sparaza in studio with you today. Um, cool in the studio, Mike. Hot, very hot and steamy um, outside. For people that know me, I'm always cold, so this is going to be a tough two hours in here. I'm a little chilly right now. <laughs> Go out in the parking lot. It's yeah. probably 104 degrees. In between breaks, I might have to jump out there. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought we'd just talk weather for two hours today, just talk about the weather now. No, some people would always joke with me and say, sometimes I just feel like you're doing like these nice little public service announcements for everyone. I'm like, well, we are in service of the public, right? That's right. Just like Nancy Pelosi. She's in service of us. Stopping in Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. And she, uh, <laughs> she really knows how to rally up she, the uh, the world. She, she does. really does. She really knows how to get it all kind of back aligned. Um, when everything just seems so kind of askew, bring in Nancy, right? Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, Ron DeSantis, right? Always, he, he's not always in the news, but when he is, I feel like I want to watch more and more of him because literally, like under true leader, like that's the guy, right? That's the picture, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, I mean, and he, he just talks like a common man or woman. That That's what I think is so great about, you know, people said that about Trump. Obviously, Trump, you know, struggled at times getting his message across because yep. he just picks people apart, but... I think you have a guy like Ron DeSantis. He is just so polished in the way that he just takes people down, just cuts them at the knees. No doubt. He doesn't mess around. There's no question about that. And uh, and speaking of former President Trump, he's still dominating, absolutely dominating. Uh, lots of primaries are going to candidates that he has backed. And, uh, you know, I don't know that that's a coincidence, folks. Yeah, and I think I think you're you're getting the picture. The Make America Great, the America First agenda is what a lot of people want, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of Republicans, especially, and I don't mean politicians. I mean people like you and I. That's what we want. Let's go back to America is number one. Not oh, we might offend somebody, so let's be number ten or twelve. America is the number one country, and we do things America first. No question, folks. Always an open mic session today. Eight four 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 three four four TFG. If you need us throughout the week, we do manage money for a living. We actually protect assets as well. And protection is all about, you know, your own lives, right? So life insurance is covered. All the stuff you own, property and casualty, we call it TFG Home and Auto. Mike here is the head of that division. And it seems like, I mean, client-wise, it's growing in, uh, by leaps and bounds. But but even staff-wise now, you're, like, growing in leaps and bounds. Yeah, as as that department grows, you got to keep having service uh, and, and salespeople because it is a lot, and we got to make sure we take care of everybody. So that, that is number one. Yeah, and it's been great. I can t I can vouch for what you guys do. Um, you know, you've <laughs> you've done all good things as far as I'm concerned, and you're, you're right here in my office, so it's easy to find you guys. But, I mean, it's literally about protection at the best price. And if every two to three years you're getting – Kind of, we always would say about life insurance or old documents, dust them off. Well, every two to three years, look at your contracts, folks. See what these companies are doing for you and see what you're paying. It's all about a value proposition in these cases. It's about protection for the right price. Uh, we do a lot of other things. We're actually going to be having one of our colleagues on to talk a little bit of college planning. So later, second hour, Mike Shaver. 
Um, shortly, we're going to have Tom Mungier on. Tom is the New York State Trooper and Police Benevolent Association, or PBA. I'll be shortening that to PBA Union President. Uh, he'll be on shortly to talk about the recent gun laws by our fearless guess, leader, uh, our fearless governor, uh, who always has the answers or thinks she has the answers. Um, often, it seems unelected, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, she didn't have to win. No. That's true. No. She got selected, though. Not elected, selected by, geez, what was that other guy's name? Can't remember. Mr. Cuomo. <laughs> that guy. Uh, we'll see him coming out Can, can we talk about protection for a second, Let's Mike? Let's do that. Let's talk about monkeypox and some CDC suggestions. Speaking so you, of, speaking you of protection. protection from monkeypox. Yes. Okay, yes. like hand washing? Yes. Okay, yes. all right. So th this is a legitimate <laughs> comment and, and briefing by the CDC. They, they, they suggest you social distance during sex and masturbation. Six feet away is still the recommendation. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, gosh. So, so folks, if you're going to call it and talk about that topic, uh, don't. <laughs> we, we don't want our, our great producer, Pam, to have to hit any buttons to, uh, to, to sort of censor out any, any inappropriate comments. But, yeah, how outrageous is this stuff? I mean, and who are you, literally, by doing that, who are you appealing to? The woke culture. Right. Right? You're basically saying, listen, folks, if you still want to have some fun, we're going to tell you how monkeypox relates to you having some fun still. And it's we'll like, still have orgies. Those are still good, right? We will right. still do those. And the amazing part is this is coming after we know that the six feet thing didn't work with COVID. All right. Right? So now we're just going to keep using that. Is that the new distance for everything? Six feet, right? Everything's six feet. Don't worry. Right. Don't worry. Just uh, six feet. Um, it wasn't attempted murder because I was six feet away from the guy when I tried to shoot him, right? Like, I mean, you, what are we going to use? Six feet for everything? <laughs> I'll tell you what, if that's the most important thing that the CDC has to make as an announcement, I'm, I'm really worried for all of us. I mean, if that's what they're going to focus on and, and they're trying to give, <laughs> give, the, give the public guidance on that, okay. Yeah. And by the way, like, how are you going to enforce that one? Right, right, right. How are you going to know? You yeah. know, you're going to have to see these eyeballs in your bedroom windows? Right. Yeah, hey, well, hey, Joe, Joe, what are you doing? You're at 5.5. We need uh, half a foot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, it just never ends, folks. Um, fuel prices, uh, that really relates to inflation. Uh, we are going to have a, yet another guest on, someone from our Independent Solutions Wealth Management, Independent Wealth Division, what that means, folks, is you've got experts, specialists that actually are watching over your money. They're watching over the accounts. They're actually watching the news reports, the inflation reports, the Fed Reserve reports, all these earnings reports that we hear. They're the ones that we rely on to make sure that you have the best probabilities of success, whether you're accumulating wealth or in the distribution phase, which is often retirement. We're going to have Peter Nielsen on, one of our chartered financial analysts, on later this first hour. Um, I know we're going to be coming up on a short break before we bring on uh, Mr. Mungir. Uh, just so many things going on, Mike. How about Brittany Griner? Um, yeah. WNBA player. She was caught with cannabis oil in her luggage. Sentenced to not one, not two, not eight, but nine years in prison. America looks pretty darn good right now, doesn't it? Yeah, th well, this country that everybody hates so much and is so unfair, it seems pretty darn good. How outrageous is this that, well, first of all, you know, now, now we're at the table to talk about prisoner swaps, of course. Of course. And there are probably some very nice people. Maybe Br Brittany Griner might be a very nice person. But here we are. We're going to trade, trade like criminals, Russian criminals, for our, you know, 
my they, they are they are guilty of something right she should not have had the cannabis oil but nine years in prison for that there's others in the news i know that they're trying to put into this little prisoner swap arrangement but here we are again just like you got nancy pelosi going to taiwan against china's uh you know really threats um you've got biden always always blaming putin for everything that goes on in in, in america but oh yeah by the way folks President Biden got our gas prices lower, not Putin, right? right? It was Putin's fault they were high. It's Joe's fault or credit now that they're lower. Um, but here we are. We, we go, Joe, Joe takes a trip over to Saudi Arabia trying to get a bigger supply of oil out of those, uh, those deserts, and that didn't work. And now yet again, here we are. We have to appeal to, to the Russian president, Putin, to get someone back here. And let's go back to, to Pelosi quick, too, because this is the same woman – that is now going over there because she's going to be the expert and the diplomat, right? She's the one that's going to save the world. And then China threatens to shoot her plane down. And what do we do? Right. We, we say in public, well, that's just not very nice. We can't have that. Well, do something about it. We are America. Yep. I'm telling you right now, if somebody told, as much as the liberals out there hate him, Donald Trump, we're going to shoot down. I don't care whether you like the person or not. Quite frankly, I don't like Nancy Pelosi. But we do not get talked to like that, right? right. America does not bow down to anybody. And we do not like to hear, okay, we'll shoot your plane down. No, 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 you won't. Because then we'll shoot down everything in your airspace. Yep. Everything in your airspace. We'll take it. Like Trump said to Putin, right, Mike? Mm-hmm. He said when, when, when Putin threatened him, we will bomb Moscow. So do what you need to do. Moscow will be over in, in minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you talk to these people, not bow down. And I don't even think Joe Biden, has he even talked about that? I don't think so. You brought up such a great point, though. It's all about deterrence, right? Like not letting the bullies become bullies and that's that's what trump was so good at um now it's like we've got bullies everywhere it's like the middle school has been overrun by bullies every class you attend there's going to be a bully there's going to be people knocking the books out of your arms in the hallway and there's nothing you can do about it right and that's how we feel now now we have to start negotiating we have to start begging saudi arabian princes for oil we've got to now beg for for americans to get back over here before it would have been we're going to make a deal. It's going to be secret, but we're going to get these Americans back, right? In many cases. Uh, but now it's all about negotiating with these people. Um, well, of course, Mike. It, you can't offend anybody. Of yeah, course. you don't want to be offensive. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. It's unreal. Um, we're going to be coming up on a quick break, folks. Um, again, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. We can help you if you're in western New York, Batavia, Rochester, Syracuse, and even south Florida. We have an office in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, our broker dealers off, uh, also located in Jupiter, Florida. So a lot of people have um, begun to leave New York, whether it's for part of the year or forever. And we can help you if that's <laughs> more the case. Forever than, or than, more than, forever. Yeah. And it's, it's sad, too. It's yeah. very sad because now I'm talking to people on phone calls or doing Zoom meetings. And I'm like, I tell people, this kind of sucks. Like, I don't get to see you and, and really catch up in person. And they're like, well... It kind of more sucks for you, Mike, because we love it here. <laughs> you know, yeah. whether it's Knoxville or, or you know, what, whatever, West Palm Beach or wherever and, they go. And they this go. goes back to our, our point, Mike, before the break. But this goes back to our point. We have to vote, folks. We have to get out there. You have to tell your friends and family, whoever they vote for, get out there and vote. Because this is what happens when you don't take it seriously or you vote based on feelings. Here we are. Look at our president and vice president right now. No this doubt. is what we've gotten ourselves into. Yep. This is it. And so uh, all of you who voted the, you know, blue and have always voted blue all your life, 
we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear why. Why do you still want Joe and Kamala or Joe and maybe not Kamala because she's not often doing anything? Or, or, or he's often not reading properly off right. the teleprompter. So <laughs> yeah. either one. Yeah. yeah, he's actually been out of commission just for a little bit, but not out of the news for his um, errors, his gaffes. So um, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Um, when we get back, we're going to be talking with Thomas Mungear. New York State Trooper and Police Benevolent Association, PBA Union President. Uh, don't go anywhere, folks. We've got a wonderful couple hours here um, on a beautiful summer day. You've got Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza. We are the financial guys. Are you considering delaying No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my well, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department. Because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. Your hosts, Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. All righty, welcome back. Who's in that financial guy's little band in the background? It's a great song, though. Wasn't that great? Great tune. That may have been Glenn Wiggle on the drums. Glenn (laughs) is an absolutely great drummer, so I wonder if that was Glenn on the drums. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure, but anyway, welcome back, folks. Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza here, the financial guys, and we are really excited here to to be joined by someone who knows something about guns, gun laws, um, we've got Thomas Mungear on the line, New York State Trooper and PBA Union president of, I think, at least a dozen years now. So, um, Tom, are you there? I am. Uh, uh, it's an honor to be on today. Oh, well, it's our honor. Believe me. And, and we really appreciate this because as Mike uh, Sparaza and I, we, we do a, a podcast called TFG Truth. We often talk about, you know, the really joy for us, the joy for us is having specialists on people who really know what they're talking about. We like to banter and give our opinion, but but it's definitely not uh, as good as what you can uh, share with our listeners. So we want to get your thoughts on on some of the changes to New York State laws relating to guns and and carrying. But first, um, there's just been an absolute wave, tidal wave of crime in major cities, often Democrat-run cities. Uh, Mike's got a few highlights here just to share with you, and we want to get your thoughts. So, so we got 10 career criminals racked up nearly 500 arrests since New York bail reform began. That's one stat. We got 80% of New York City gun suspects released from custody following arrests. You know, Mayor Adams saying that repeat offenders show need for changes to bail reform laws. Hochul defends bail laws uh, as Adams pushes for dangerousness standard. I mean, how could we be so far off in this, Tom? I mean, how, how come people like Kathy Hochul just refuse to see it or care about it? Um, it's uh, it's coming from many different angles. Uh, you can't believe it on the governor alone. Uh, she has uh, come a little bit over and uh, you know did change some stuff in the budget. However, she's getting a lot of resistance from both the Senate and the Assembly uh, leadership on this. Uh, it's uh, when they passed this a couple years ago, they continue to uh, point to COVID as the main reason why the spike in crime. But I, I think it's uh, a whole host of things and bail reform laws are definitely a part of it. Uh, what the stat what you uh, I'm familiar with that stat. Uh, uh, Mayor Adams came out with that the other day with the repeat offenders. Uh, it was a New York City based stat, but it also gets to the heart of things that 
if crime, uh, if you're not punished for a crime, I guess the old adage that crime indeed uh, does indeed pay uh, in the end. So uh, if you're getting away with it. Yeah, and I think that's the, the really distressing thing for anybody. I mean, if you know that someone, you know, basically could not have prevented a crime had they just been dealt with the first time in a fair and just way, like our criminal justice system is designed to do, you wouldn't be so upset by it. But when you hear of people losing family members and the, I mean, just the vicious, vicious crimes being being done right on the sidewalks of our major cities, right on video camera, and nothing's being done about it, or these these people are getting caught and then let go literally by the end of the afternoon. It's just so distressing. And their definition of violent crime too, Tom. I mean, that that's the other thing. Like a gun arrest to me, that seems pretty violent, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, there was a, you know, go back to New York City, there was a uh, shooting the other night where uh, some plainclothes detectives were watching a uh, party. They thought there were some problems going to possibly happen. And uh, three uh, juveniles, I'll call them juveniles, I think they're all teenagers, showed up and started shooting into the crowd. Uh, there was an exchange of gunfire. But two of those uh, uh, individuals that opened fire on this crowd one had a prior gun. They was out on a gun arrest, and the other was on a robbery arrest. And here they are out committing other crimes. Hey, listen, as a police officer, I do not want to see anybody sit in jail uh, because they can't afford bail. Bail is mm-hmm. supposed to be so people will uh, ensure their reappearance at court. However, when somebody starts, um, you know, taking the system and bending it where to their whim, uh, such as shoplifting, and uh, the, you know, there's uh, records of. You know, people getting arrested 50 times for shoplifting um, or or somebody that, you know, they, they're a danger to society. I'm sorry. Uh, I think the rights of everybody else, the, all the other citizens of the state kind of outweigh that uh, person's uh, uh, right to have bail at that point. Totally agree. Absolutely. So um, uh, are you going to be I know we're coming up shortly on a break. Are you going to be able to stay, stay with us just after that hard break at 130, Tom? Uh, 100%. Oh, okay. Oh, terrific, because I, I just didn't want to lose you um, too early, because I know people want to hear what you have to say. So back on June 23rd, the Supreme Court basically struck down the law, and, and essentially for New York, the, the law limiting guns in public. And it seemed like literally moments later that our governor comes out and says, oh, well, that's not right. We're going to fix our gun laws now to make them essentially – better for criminals or less, I guess, they're, they're, they're less safe for, for regular, ordinary citizens. Can you just start with, uh, just give us a few of your comments, and then maybe right after the break we'll pick that up. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the governor definitely was driving uh, the bus on that, but uh, she had a lot of company with, uh, again, the, the Senate and the, the Assembly uh, coming together and uh, going up to Albany and getting this uh, knee-jerk reaction uh, legislation passed. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think they're, they put the, um, the, the people that are legally carrying guns uh, and are, have been following the rules, this was a slap right into their face. Uh, criminals, listen, uh, the, the gun arrests that they make, uh, uh, rarely do you have somebody with a uh, pistol permit carrying a full carry for committing these crimes. Uh, the, the, uh, those are illegal guns. The, the law-abiding citizens out there, they're not the ones that you're reading about in the paper that are, uh, you know, causing the mayhem out there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's, 
definitely a lot of problems, and I do have a couple things to say on it. Um, you know, I can start expanding now, or uh, we can wait. <laughs> Well, let's yeah, let's like, let's tease with that. Let's yeah. tease with that. We'll go to a short break yeah. now, Tom. We'll come back and then we can let you fire away. Yeah, folks, you uh, okay. you've got to stay tuned. We've got Tom Ungear, uh, New York State Police Officer and Police Benevolent Association President. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about these ideas of sensitive places. Okay, places where you will not be able to carry a pistol, not be able to carry a gun. I I, I just I I'm. I'm actually, you know, I'm shocked by when I read where these places are that you're not allowed to. So we're going to get um, get some more input and insights from Tom Munger in a moment. Folks, if you need us throughout the week, please call us, 833-FIN-GUYS. If you'd like to get on the line right now, 844-434-4TFG, um, you know, chime in. We'd love to hear your opinions on this. I think this is a really sensitive topic. Of course it is. Um, because it's about protection. I mean, the very basic, the basic rules for government would be protect the citizens, right? Whether it's at the national level, the state level, or in cities. And this goes right to the heart of being able to protect citizens or for citizens to protect themselves. So we're going to go to a quick break. Um, stay tuned, folks. You've got Mike Hayflick and Mike Spraza, the financial guys. Don't go away. Mike Lomas. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome back. We are the Financial Guys. Happy Saturday, happy summer. We have a guest on the line right now. I want to get right back to Tom Mungier. And uh, Tom, um, during the break, Mike and I were looking at this list of sensitive places. Sensitive places, folks, is where you are not allowed to have a gun. And when I read some of these, I want everyone to, to hear and think back to some of the horrific shootings we've had, these mass shootings, and you, you see if there's any relation to the sensitive places versus where all of the mass shootings seem to take place. Uh, colleges and universities, hospitals, houses of worship, public transportation, including subways, places where alcohol is consumed, homeless shelters and other public residential facilities, entertainment venues such as stadiums, theaters, casinos, and polling places, and places where children gather, such as schools, daycare centers, playgrounds, hmm. libraries, parks, and zoos. Any connection there, Mike? I mean, does anything yeah. ring a bell? Yeah, Tom, I'll let you talk about that because that seems pretty black and white to me. Well, yeah, it's pretty much everywhere. And then you, when you couple the other part of it where uh, you actually cannot walk into a private establishment without them uh, giving you the affirmative that you can carry a gun, it's pretty much uh, maybe if you drive down the street, that's about the only place. But God forbid if you have to pull over and go into a gas station uh, and they don't have a sign on the window that you can't carry a gun, you would be in violation. So they, they pretty much uh, tied it up that uh, you can't carry your gun outside your own residence. Tom, I'm going to leave this one wide open for you when I say this, but at this point, the more that we hear and the more that we see in these big cities and in places like New York, Chicago, I should say Illinois, California, it's beginning to feel just deliberate. 
at this point, right? It, it, the more that this happens, it seems like they are promoting and want death and destruction in these different places, right? I mean, you look at in Illinois, you have uh, uh, Lori Lightweight all the time saying hey, gun violence, it's so bad, it's so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's it's illegal guns in your city that's really bad. You're right. There, there's a lot of gun violence in your city. They never actually have an, uh, any idea or, or solution to fix it, though. So what is it going to take for these people to wake up and see what's going on in their backyard? Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to see death and violence. I, I really can't say that. However, I, I think a lot of politicians are very uh, uh, resistant to uh, take that step where it might be seen amongst their uh, uh, majority of their constituency that uh, they're you know either going uh, you know siding with uh, law enforcement or uh, or you know using a law that uh, somebody will twist around and saying it's uh, unfair to a certain uh, class of people. So, uh, yeah, politicians will be politicians, but I think what it's going to take is somebody who's a little braver and says, I don't really care. You know, this is the right thing, and we got to push it through. But, again, when, when we're dealing especially with our government, we have the governor, but we also have two branches of uh, uh, the House and, the, you know, the, the Assembly and the, the Senate also that, you know, needs to uh, go along with this. So, uh you know, we'll have to see, but yeah, it's, a lot of things happened in this country. Uh, you know, in the last couple of years, it makes you shake your head. But also, you see a couple examples where people with uh, with legally uh, carried uh, firearms were able to uh, stop carnage before it happened. So, uh, I believe in Illinois here a couple of weeks ago during a mall, or somebody entered a mall and was ready to uh, with uh, numerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, rounds of ammunition and assault rifle, and uh, was was able, I believe, shoot a couple people, but was uh, cut down very uh, quickly by a uh, mm-hmm. private citizen who had his gun with him. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it makes you think that a lot of the politicians they they're they're trying to scare us into thinking, like, what could happen if everybody's wielding a firearm versus the actual evidence, the reality of those yielding illegal firearms, what it's actually doing. So they try to make, make the, the regular old citizen feel like, oh boy, you know, you don't, you don't know what you might be able to do with those firearms. If you're carrying everywhere, we won't be able to trust you. Instead of saying, boy, you know, I think we're gonna trust you, but we have to get those criminals off the streets. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think what there's a fear mongering where, uh, you know, somebody walks into a, a theater and everybody's armed. Uh, well, I, I guess it, you could look at it one way. Who, who's going to dare come in there and shoot up the place? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to be armed. Uh, but then, um, uh, the other thing is, is that, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're pushing this idea out that, you know, New York and the rest of the country will turn into the Wild West. Where there will be shootouts in the streets and and everywhere, but hey, listen, it looks like we have that already. And you're right, the people that this was aimed at are the legally carrying people that are trained to carry guns, have gone through background checks, have gone through training. And I, I, I would say the only part of her law that was passed that I really can't poke holes at are the you know maybe the extra background checks and the extra uh, uh, training that is there. But uh, the other parts of it are going to be, uh, uh, if they haven't already, I know I've spoken to a, a couple people and a couple groups that they were aiming to uh, bring litigation 
and uh, fight uh, certain parts of this, especially uh, the sensitive places and also, uh, you know, you having to put a uh, sign out for someone to be allowed to carry a gun into your establishment. Yeah, and we've often wondered, like, a lot of this always seems to come down to, like, in these mass shootings especially, it's about mental health, right? It's about who who was allowed to get the guns, what kind of track uh, or tracking was done for these, you know, mostly young men who just seemed to think this was the thing I was going to do to to just kill people. Um, we often wonder about that. And I, and I guess I'd say it like this, like, d- doesn't, don't politicians realize that when you call some something sensitive places, they literally become the softest targets that anybody who wants to kill will be able to find? If they already think now law-abiding citizens will not be able to carry their firearms in that spot, I'm going to have, like, literally and sadly open season on whoever's in there. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the only part, you know, uh, when, when they passed this law, they passed it in haste and Again, I, I don't know if this was calculated or not. Uh, uh, active in uh, 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 retired law enforcement are exempt from that. So I can actually carry my gun when I attend mass tomorrow. Mm-hmm. However, if you're a retired uh, correction officer or retired peace officer, you are not exempt, and uh, you will not uh, be able to uh, do that. But uh, I remember a couple years ago, uh, and it's happened over time where uh, again, the soft targets were, all right, uh, you know, with the synagogues and the, the places of worship, you know, masses. And, uh, you know, there were a couple instances where there were mass shootings. I mean, if you want to go into a spot where everybody's uh, facing away from the door, facing forward and are unarmed, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's going to be probably one of the number ones on your checklist if you're a deranged person looking for uh uh, whatever you're looking for uh, by committing uh, mass murder. But uh, yeah. thankfully, there, there is a chance that hopefully an active or retired police officer will be armed in, in those locations. So they didn't totally eviscerate all of us. Uh, you know, luckily, uh, my people and other p- members of law enforcement uh, uh, are still left, hopefully, to do our jobs if uh, need be and called to do it. Mm-hmm. This is the last thing, too, I'll say, too. I mean, it's very similar to me, the sensitive places thing to the, you know, okay, there's going to be a border that's wide open down south, and I wonder if anybody's going to come in there, right? It's the mm-hmm. same idea, right? The sensitive place where nobody's armed is the same thing as not caring about your border. Then you wonder why those areas are attacked, right? It's just, it seems like common sense, and I just don't know that uh, we have that in certain places in our country. It doesn't seem to be. Tom, I, we want to thank you for coming on. It's got to be very, very difficult for all the members of your areas of enforcement um, to to really make sense of this and then to really act at a moment's notice um, when you need to. And we back the blue here, uh, the financial guys uh, team, uh, Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle, huge, huge backers of law enforcement, and uh, we really appreciate what you do, and we appreciate the time you've given us today. I, I thank you. I appreciate the support, and uh, that means more than anything. In this uh, these last couple of years, uh, you know, I, I the, the support out there, uh, when somebody says they support cops, they support troopers, it really means a lot. It even means more these last couple of years because, uh, you know, it, it's been tough out there, and I thank you for that. Well, we do, and you're invited on this show anytime uh, to give us a little bit of an update as to 
you know, how things are progressing, hopefully in a more common sense way. So thanks again, Tom Mungir, New York State Trooper, PBA uh, Union President. Um, great stuff there, great stuff. And uh, we love to have people on who actually are in the trenches, so to speak. And um, what a job. I mean, I, I, I really just, you know, I, I wonder now, Mike, who, who is thinking, boy, I think law enforcement is the place to go. Like, it's such a shame because it's such a really, it's a needed profession. And not all of us are equipped to be police officers. And boy, does it ever seem to be a dissuasion now, um, given what's going on? Yeah, I, I think especially here at this office, we obviously respect the hell out of our, our officers, our military, mm -hmm. any law enforcement, right? I mean, I, I always say this. I, I give those guys credit. You couldn't pay me right now $5 million a year to go through what they've gone through for the last two years. It's been hell and back for two years. And yep. one thing I was going to say, you know, with, with uh, Tom on the line, but the left is so hell-bent on condemning violence on January 6th, right? That's, their, mm -hmm. that's the hill that they're going to die on, January 6th, insurrection, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. um, yet they don't care to condemn violence in their own cities, right? right. And, and Tom, uh, you know, he talked a little bit about that in these cities, but they do not do anything to condemn violence, right? If I was nope. Kathy Hochul and I saw what was going on, we are changing bail reform tomorrow. Not two weeks from now, not a month from now, not two days from now. Tomorrow, we're having a session to fix that problem, right? Because it's continuing to happen, and good people are dying. Good people are getting injured, and, and, and you know, it's, it's unacceptable. No doubt, no doubt. And again, you know, that just makes too much sense. There, there's always, it seems like, and I, I know a lot of the people we talk to, there seems to be such an intent now to really just dismantle the freedom, the liberty that we all have. So we're going to pick up on that uh, in a moment, folks. Uh, don't go anywhere. If you'd like to reach us here, though, 844-434-4TFG. If you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. Folks, don't go anywhere. You've got the financial guys, Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza. We'll be right back. You're listening to the financial guys. Here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Financial Guys Media Network, Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza here for Mike and Glenn this weekend. Um, a super hot, steamy Saturday in this summer in western New York. We often will say, boy, if you live out uh, down south and uh, it's getting so hot and stifling that you don't even want to leave your, your homes, you want to stay in the A.C., you should really think about coming up to western New York in the summer because I'll tell you, 75 to 80, 85, not as humid as some of those southern states. It's a pretty nice place to be. Speaking of summer heat, Mike, the New York City <laughs> Department of Health. This is We're just leading ourselves right oh, into yeah. things today. Yeah, let's hear New York City Department of Health making sure that everyone impacted by the summer heat, and yes, we are talking about the summer, folks. Don't forget, it's the summertime, you know, <laughs> global warming, right? Um, especially in these huge cities. New York City Department of Health wants you to know that structural racism is a big part of the problem. The article that was read on this, it is unbelievable. What their point in the article is, is that minority communities are impacted by heat more than everybody else. And they actually say African-Americans. So there's, there's no poor white folks. There's no poor Asian folks. There's no poor mm -hmm. um, Hispanic folks. That is racist if I've ever heard it. Right. Right? That is essentially saying that, that Africans-Americans are poor. That is, that is so, so racist. Yeah. I thought it was sometimes offensive just to hear people like, like these, these politicians and these departments talk about 
you know, you should do this. Like you should turn your air conditioning down and you should, the, you know, you should not water your lawns. And, you know, they, they try to tell you, they kind of bark at you. Well, this is just taking it to the, to the next level and totally agree. Like it, it just basically, does it just diminish when there actually truly is like racism right before your very eyes? Like when you read stuff like that, you just start to think everything must be about that, right? And you never get anyone to try to actually solve problems. This is the exact quote. Structural racism and the resulting social and economic inequities increase the risk of heat stress for black New Yorkers. Okay. Right? I, I mean, it's, it's just, <laughs> you can't make it up. No, you can't. And that's uh, often the intent is to keep your eye off of other things that are going wrong around you. Like as we talked to uh, Tom Mungir all the shootings, all the crime, you know, people getting literally like tackled and pummeled on sidewalks, you know, takes your eye off that. And just remember the heat affects certain individuals in our society worse. Like I, it just, it just never ends. Um, well, one thing that seems to have not ended Mike is the volatility in the markets. It's been kind of a vicious cycle. I've been telling my clients, I feel like for six, seven months now, what happens it seems is we watch for the inflation rate to see if it continues to go up. So inflation rate going up means your dollar is worth less. And then we decide to see, let's see, what's the Fed gonna do? You know, they can raise interest rates again and I'll probably have our next guest explain why that's an effective strategy to combat inflation in a moment. And then we see what the markets have done in reaction. And it's just been this vicious, vicious cycle. I said to some clients, Mike, it's sort of like waking up with the flu every day and you go have i broken this flu yet nope take more ibuprofen right it just yeah. feels like we're all on pins and needles very anxious about this and so what i'd like to do is bring on one of our independent solutions wealth management uh this is now this is our our wealth management division folks the financial guys wealth management division a portfolio manager chartered financial analyst peter nielsen peter can you bring a little bit of clarity to what's going on out there? And maybe you could start with what was a really, really exceptionally strong July jobs report. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, for having me on the show. Um, so last, on Friday, we saw the, uh, uh, the government report that we had, uh, uh, we created 520,000 new jobs in July. Uh, versus expectations of 250,000, so a blowout number. Mm -hmm. And to, just to put this in perspective, in a regular cycle, we would see somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 to 110,000 jobs, <laughs> you know, an average month being created. Mm -hmm. So when economists forecast 250,000, they are forecasting well above what we normally produce. So to produce a half million dollars, half million jobs, is just yeah, like I say, a blowout number. <laughs> So unemployment rate declined to 3.5 percent, the lowest since 1969. Hourly earnings increased. Um, so here we have the Federal Reserve. They're trying to tighten financial conditions to impact demand and, and slow the economy down so uh, to try to fight inflation. And uh, so far, we're not seeing that having much of an impact. So that's led pundits to conclude that the Fed needs to be more aggressive. And we saw that in the, in the um, uh, capital markets. So in the capital markets, they price future interest rates. And uh, 
so in those futures markets, they're now pricing in a three-quarter of 1% increase in the Fed funds rate in September. Prior to that, it had been about half of 1%. So uh, that had a – this is one of those things where uh, good news was ended up being bad news. So the uh, the good news was that we created half a million new jobs. The bad news is interest rates are going to go faster. And so uh, markets were actually soft on that. Uh, one curious aspect, uh, I sent this around to our investment team, is, is you know, here in the U.S., we do one, one of the things we do exceptionally well is we measure economic variables exceptionally well. And that leads to great forecasts of things like inflation and mm-hmm. unemployment and all the rest of it. Um, but in this post-pandemic cycle, we just haven't seen that. Uh, as a matter of fact, the differences between the forecast and the actual outcomes continues to widen. So, um, you know, it just goes to show how much economic inertia we see in this post-pandemic recovery. Yeah, Once and- the lockdowns end... Oh, go ahead. No, no. And so so with all that said, I mean, it, it, it really becomes difficult for investors to sort of make some some decisions. Now, I know um, we're always trying to just increase the probability of our client's success, right? We're never we're never guaranteeing success because it's impossible to do that. But given the 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 the, the massive amount, the quantity of macro uh, events going on in, in our in our world right now, and given this bit of an unprecedented uh, almost a re- the recovery out of a pandemic, what can stock investors do to just sort of make the best moves for themselves? Like, what would you recommend in in such uncertain times? Well, number one, if you're if you're in the market, stay with your investments. Uh, the worst thing you can do is, you know. As the old saying goes, you know, you hop from one horse to the, to the next only to find the horse you just jumped onto is now stumbling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the horse you jumped off of is doing a lot better. So mm-hmm. stick with your investments. Um, what, this, this year has been super interest rate sensitive. We started the year with a 10-year Treasury yield at 1.5%. And it climbed as high as 3.4, uh, 3.5% almost in mid-June. And that coincided, by the way, with the bottom of the market. So we've done research that shows that uh, a lot of the losses we've seen this year in the stock market can be attributed to higher interest rates. Now, coincidentally, since that time, since mid-June, interest rates have now declined, uh, longer-term interest rates have now declined on expectations of slowing future economic growth. Mm And we've seen a pretty significant market rally since then. Uh, I think uh, the S&P uh, has uh, recovered, oh, not half its losses, but a little less than half its losses uh, to that June low. So, you know, the market, and we saw that on Friday with uh, the strong jobs report. Uh, when the market got a hold of that, interest rates went up and stocks went down. It, it, it's one of those ironies. Yeah. We had this great economic report, but uh, it was good news ends up being bad news. Yeah, I kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if I if I did this accurately, but I've compared it to getting on the New York State Thruway and going 90, 95 miles per hour. Like it, it seems real thrilling for a moment or two, you know, a lot of people with lots of money and everyone's buying things and, and wages are going up. But going 90, 95 on the Thruway can only last so long before really bad things happen. 
Um, but we also can't go 20 on the throughway, right? Like you can't have everyone home, not working, not spending money, employers shutting down businesses, employers letting people go. So it's like, is that what essentially the Fed's trying to do is, is get to that, what they call the smooth landing? Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's what they're, they, they are trying to do that. Uh, and, and it's harder than they expect. So here's the job the Fed has to do. So they have to forecast, uh, they have to forecast what uh, financial conditions look like and the economy looks like a year out. Mm-hmm. And then they have to say, okay, if we increase interest rates, what does that now then look like a year out? Because it, it um, uh, conditions don't adjust automatically to their pronouncements. It takes time for these things to filter into the economy. And, um, and so, so obviously, uh, as aggressive as they've been, and they have been very aggressive, it hasn't had the results, I think, that they were expecting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen inflation peak from last. the last reading was 9.1%. In just the last minute here or so, can you just give us a sense of where you think things are going on the inflation rate um, point that I just made? Yeah, okay. So next week we get a CPI report. And if you look at the economic consensus, they're seeing, uh, if you're polling economists, they're saying inflation is going to remain elevated through the third quarter, through September, mm-hmm. and then post a very modest decline the last three months of the year. And then in 2023, bigger declines. The interesting thing is if you look at market-based inflation indicators, say in the bond market, there's, it's suggesting that uh, we're going to see a very start, sharp drop in inflation I, I don't know where the – I pointed this out, and it's made me look foolish because inflation has ticked up from 8.6% to 9.1%. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so I, I'm not going to make a forecast on what, we, uh, what we're going to see next week with the CPI report. But I can say that our research supports the view that inflation ultimately will be transitory. Uh, we, we don't really see any evidence that the U.S. has transitioned to a – transition to a new high inflation equilibrium. Right, right. Well, and I I guess I would just end like this, and I would say to everyone listening, I know that having people like Peter Nielsen, a chartered financial analyst, along with two others, John Thur and Paul Meeks on our team, really, really does help the probabilities of your success. So if you want a portfolio overview by someone like Peter, please call us, 833-FIN-GUYS. Thank you so much, Peter. We have to go to a quick break. Um, On the other side, folks, lots more to cover. You've got Mike and Mike here with the Financial Guys Media Network. The economy tonight and gas prices now at an all-time high in this country. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas or food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. A gallon of gas now $4.37. Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it the time it takes to get anything done. Believe me, I understand the frustration. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back into the second hour of the Financial Guys radio show. Um, we, uh, we've had a great, a great few guests on, folks, and um, we wanted to talk about a good governor. And I said to Mike earlier, what would it feel like to actually have a real governor? So 
for a moment, folks, just close your eyes, daydream if you want, imagine. Imagine a governor who actually cares about their citizens, follows the law, acts quickly, actually jails criminals, maybe opposes drugs and drug use. And actually, we're thinking of the West Coast for this, Mike. Yep. Actually opposes people crapping in the streets. You know, it seems like a place you'd want to live, right? <laughs> sure um... does. It's, it's, it's just making me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And um, clearly, under our New York uh, State Governor, uh, Kathy Hochul, it's not the um, utopia that we wish it was. But how about Florida? How about, how about Governor DeSantis? He literally fires a state attorney from his office for basically saying he's neglecting his duties to, to actually enforce laws. And Mike, you say this a lot, but it, it's it's pretty black and white on some of these issues. If we break down what you just said there, right? Somebody who cares about their citizens. Yep, that's the that's the the goal of being mm -hmm. a politician is to take care of your constituents, right? Yep. Somebody who follows the law and, and promotes following the laws, right? Yeah, that seems like it's something I want to live in, right? Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy. Who acts quickly and doesn't wait for things to get worse? Yep. And actually jails criminals, opposes drug use, <laughs> right. doesn't want people going to the bathroom all over the streets, doesn't want homelessness camps, right? This is not a, hmm, let's debate this. Do we want crap in the streets or no? Let's think about it. Let's have a session about that. Let's talk about it, right? Do we want heroin needles and safe shooting zones in the middle of a neighborhood, maybe kids around? Hmm, let's have a special session on that. It's very black and white. And it's not complicated. It is. And, and it's the things that people want, right? It's the p things that people want. And so that's why Governor DeSantis, as badly as he gets bruised up in the media, right? I mean, he is like Satan in the liberal media, this guy. Like, they're making him sound like Hitler, haven't they? They've actually alluded to him as being, like, Hitler-like because he's enforcing laws. He's actually doing things to keep people safe, to, to bring common sense. But it's not just his common sense. It's the law. So he's doing things to enforce the laws. He's literally taking people out of positions if they're not enforcing laws like they're supposed to do. And I just give him absolutely, you know, tremendous amount of credit. Um, I know a lot of people who have connections to Florida, they're actually fearful that he might run for president and then maybe become president because they're going to lose a wonderful and a, just an immensely talented governor. Well, you know what it is now, Mike. It's it's he's Trump Jr. We can't have this guy. He's Trump Jr. Right? That's that's what this is now at this point. Is is people hate him because they think he's you know Donald Trump's underling, right? And that's very it's very unfair to compare everybody that wants to believe and have pride in their country mm -hmm. and wants America to come first as the ultra mega bad people, right? Orange man followers. That that's where we are, and it's really unfair. Yeah. No doubt. We want to go back to uh, uh, something we, we talked about in the first hour just briefly. The WNBA player, Brittany Griner. Yep. Thank you. I was going to say Kreiner, but it's <laughs> Griner. And um, she basically now was sentenced to nine years in prison. And as you said earlier, it's like, wow, yeah, America really sucks, doesn't it, Brittany? Um, does Russia suck more is what I'd ask her. I bet it does. And I want to play, uh, I actually had the, uh, the opportunity to interview this guy, Alex Stein, down at the Turning mm. Point event. Oh, he's he, he sums it up pretty well with the whole Brittany Griner situation. I'm going to play this clip, and then we're going to bring on John from Rochester to discuss. Uh, Alex, last question. Griner sentenced to nine years. I only got about 45 seconds. She's sentenced to nine years in prison in Mother Russia. What's your take on Griner's situation? 
Well, she didn't like America very much, so now she gets a nine-year contract with the Russian uh, jail. So she's going to love it there. I think she'll really have a big appreciation for America when she gets back. So, you know, I wish her all the best. I hope nothing happens to her, but I'm sure she's saying God bless America right now. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And, uh, again, now we, we're, we're counting on our administration to have to go um, somehow, somehow convince Putin to do a little prisoner swap. Let's bring on John from Rochester and get his thoughts. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Yeah, Brittany Griner, I'll tell you, you have to feel sorry for her. I think she's a good woman. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, she's going to learn her lesson the hard way. She's one of the ones that took her the knee at, on the national anthem. And uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to see her take a knee in a Russian court, see what would happen there. Yeah, and, and isn't it, I mean, it's really, it, it's devastatingly sad at this moment in time that you are now a nine-year uh whatever nine-year criminal yep. sentenced to nine years in prison especially during this time right i mean here we were you know providing uh different tanks and military equipment to the ukraine to defend themselves i mean what do you think putin is thinking at this point do you think he's holding all the cards john well yeah to a certain extent and i i gotta tell you uh I, I, I think if Putin got assassinated tomorrow, I wouldn't lose, lose any sleep over it. The guy's an evil guy. He's, 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 he's an unbelievable, destructive guy, just like uh, some of the dictators uh, in Libya, in Iraq, etc. However, when you destroy the balance of power, look what happened in Iraq. Do you think George W. Bush uh, would have done Iraq over again? I don't think so. He saw what the uh, uh, dissolution of the balance of power did in Iraq. Uh, Iran basically controls Iraq right now, uh, one of our biggest enemies. Libya, Gaddafi. Gaddafi was ready to give up all his nuclear weaponry, uh, 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 research, etc., because he was afraid of the United States. Yet we overthrew Gaddafi, and we got chaos. And the same thing happened in the Ukraine to a, to a different level. Uh, in Obama's first term, he supported the undermining of the Russian uh, influence on the Ukraine. Uh, there was a Russian leader uh, or a Russian ally who was leader of the Ukraine. Well, Obama and his, and his people, including George Soros, undermined that. And uh, this guy had to uh, real, go to Russia. He was deposed in the Ukraine, had to go to Russia, and they put in an anti-Russian uh, uh, hierarchy in Ukraine. Now, Putin is not a nice guy. And Putin saw this, and he saw the animosity that was building up that we were projecting into the Ukraine against Russia. And mm -hmm. then what, the last straw was the NATO thing. Uh, so if you put uh, uh, red China in Mexico and Russia in Mexico, just think what we would do. We would we would uh, probably attack, boycott, whatever we had to do to get them out of Mexico because they're our enemies. Well, Putin did the same thing. So the Obama administration started this. The Biden administration continued it, and they disrupt. George Bush disrupted the balance of power in Iraq. Uh, Obama's administration with Hillary Clinton did it in Libya. And now Biden and Obama did it in 
the Ukraine, and look what we have. I think what you've uh, alluded to a bit here is we often are based on um, political cycles, and some of these countries you've mentioned, Russia, Ukraine, China, I mean, these, Taiwan. these, yeah, Taiwan, these countries plan outward for decades and centuries as to where they want to end up. And we are basically on election cycles. And I think you're absolutely spot on. It, it has nothing to do with what side of the aisle you're on. It has to do with bad leadership and not being like, like what I'd see as like a CEO of the country, right? CEOs often plan out three, five, even 10 years out for their companies. Our presidents have certainly not done that. And let's be realistic here. These countries have waited for us to be spineless and not have a set of stones. And here we are. Everybody in the whole world, not just Russia and China, right? Not just Mexico, not just Canada. The whole world knows right now we have zero backbone. And we are getting taken advantage of left, right, and center. And it's going to be a major problem going forward if this administration isn't voted out in two years and the midterms don't go well here in three months. No doubt. Hey, John, before you, uh, before we cut you loose, um, Bills yesterday, about 38,000 people in the stadium to see a, a, a practice, essentially. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, that shows you the fervor of uh, uh, the, the Buffalo Bills fans this year. It's going to be unbelievable. We had 13 seconds. That's our war cry now, man. I agree. Remember that's 13 seconds because we're going to get our revenge this year on the yeah. L.A. Rams and anybody else that gets in our path. How do you like that? I think I'm going to write this down that you said it here on August 6th, though. It was good, good chatting with you, as always. Keep up the fight, guys. Thanks, John. You too. All right. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite, quite a turnout. Sure 38,000 people. I kind of got caught in some of that traffic. I wondered for a moment, and then I realized I said, Oh my goodness! Like this is literally they're driving thirty-eight thousand people going to a practice. Yep, it's uh, it's definitely it's it's a good time to be a Bills fan. Good it time is. to be a Bills fan. Hopefully, we're getting there with the Sabers again soon too. It is a good time. It is a good time. So, so do do we want to talk in the second hour again about the monkeypox and CDC suggestions? Yeah, I, I mean you can't you really can't make this stuff up anymore, and I I hope. Uh, I hope people see this stuff and see the hypocrisy in it too, right? I mean, you yeah. looked at you looked at COVID, and God forbid you open the doors to your restaurant or business, right? But yep. now monkeypox is here, and we're allowing orgies in different cities across America. <laughs> I, I hope I hope we see the hypocrisy. I think most people do, but who, who the hell knows? Well, so how many cases? I think there were like just over six thousand cases, maybe, in the United States now. Yep. National health emergency. And you'd yep. think literally it's the next um, pandemic. So I do anyway. want to talk a little bit, Mike, uh, when we come back from the next break about Trump and and the the primaries right now because he's dominating uh, with his support, and then obviously talk about um, our our COVID riddled president that we have right now and and his recent gaffes and again. his fight. Yep, his fight, right? Yep. Yep. Well, we will. We're going to take a quick break, folks. If you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. If you'd like to call in right now, 844-434-4TFG. Uh, we do a lot of things here, folks. Financial planning, retirement income planning is something I specialize in. Helping people just at the verge of retirement, wondering, can I retire? Would my retirement be the retirement of my dreams? Or would I be walking off a cliff and maybe, you know, not being able to recover from that? So we do a lot of things, life insurance, home and auto. Uh, Mike and his growing division are helping hundreds and hundreds of people, it seems, every month save money, get better, better protection, better coverage. Um, if you need us, folks, throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. Again, we can help you in western New York, Batavia, Rochester, Syracuse, 
and even South Florida. So call us, 833-FIN-GUYS. Uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. You've got Mike and Mike, the Financial Guys Media Network. 1180. Nancy, this is exactly why you shouldn't drink vodka 24-7. I think that the public is blaming Democrats or will continue no, to blame Democrats on gas. I don't think the public is blaming Democrats. I think they're blaming the oil companies. They're, they will blame all of us if we don't do something about uh, the fossil fuel industry. But they won't take that out on your side on the midterms, if, even if you pass this bill and prices don't get better. No, or the I, perception I, is that the we say things that? are better. I don't think what you're saying is making very much sense. While Nancy sobers up, let's kick it back to the financial guys. Oh, my. So Nancy also was so quick to say when, when someone asked her, do you ever share any information with your husband? No. Especially no, before no. he does stock no. trades? That's ridiculous. No, of course not. It's so, you know, she's so smug. So so smug, just like so many of these people, like the Pete Buta judges of the world. Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. You know, so smug when you ask him some, some pretty reasonable questions. Um, you know, Pete's the one who thinks everyone should just have electric cars. And remember the other one who said, I, I drove my electric car uh, all the way from Michigan, was it, to Washington. And I saw the high gas prices, but didn't bother me. I had my electric car. Speaking of electric cars, Mike, we are right on the money today. Let's uh -huh. hear from our president regarding a uh, an electric car. Let's hear directly from him. Oh, yeah. In total disclosure, I've, I've spoken to the chairwoman about the possibility of my being able to buy one of those Corvettes that are electric vehicles. That uh, you know when they come out, uh, and I'm not gonna be able to do it because I can't drive a vehicle while I'm vice president. Okay, I can't drive a vehicle while I'm vice president. That is this week, folks. That was not from like eight years ago, ten years ago. That guy still thinks that he's the vice president, or doesn't realize that he is the president, whatever he thinks he is. He's he, so he's had COVID, folks. He's he's had a lower profile these days, but uh, the gaffes keep coming and. Um, I do have another gaffe, Mike, if we want to hear some we more. We got to. So, yeah, again, we, we've said, uh, you know, it, it actually hurts a bit when we start talking about our president because you can totally see the cognitive decline and the continued gaffes, the continued misspeaks, um, the oh, almost like the separation of reality to what comes out of his mouth, even his own history, right? But if you su still support him, you've got to tell us why. And, and we don't want to hear, well, because he's not someone like Trump. We want to hear, like, what do you support about this guy? And if you don't support him, who do you want running uh, in 2024? Because I can't imagine you want Joe Biden. Here's Joe again. Seven Nobel laureates in, in, in the economy, on the economists, and the economics, I should say. Can't get the word economics out, folks. And this, again, I hate to say it, Mike, this is a guy reading off a teleprompter, Yeah. right? I mean, this isn't difficult stuff. It's not like he has to create his own material up there. He's not, like, winging a book report like his vice president, right? right. He, I give Kamala a little credit. She just wings everything, so it doesn't. it's not shocking she sounds right. moronic when she speaks. This guy reads off a teleprompter and just can't get the words together. Can't get it out. And I don't think you can really phonetically spell certain words like that economics would be tough to just break down into syllables and and i don't know are there pictures you could add like like maybe turn it all into pictures end of quote repeat the line repeat the line he can get that out right end of quote repeat he, he the was line. good on that and yep. he actually raised his voice and yep. he had a, like a nice little kind of dramatic moment yep repeat the line anyway this yeah. is getting it's 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 remaining distressing because you do wonder who runs the white house and if nobody's running the white house like what are we doing overseas trying to 
trying to talk to uh, China's president, going to Taiwan, trying to you know, negotiate for more oil from Saudi Arabia and try to do prisoner swaps with Russia. Like if nobody's really, really running this thing, like what's going to happen? And you have, to, to John from Rochester's point, you have evil leaders like Vladimir Putin and President Xi and yep. Kim Jong-un, right? It's like a shark smelling blood in the water. No doubt. These guys are all over it. They know what they're doing. And Mike, we talked mm -hmm. about this when we were prepping this morning. Our president can't read a scripted speech on a teleprompter. Our vice president can't actually speak. Mm-hmm. We, we, and I say we, not us specifically, but our country, 81 million votes they told us for these folks. I hope all 81 million are happy with this because this is a, a disaster. Our border is a disaster. We talked inflation already. Yep. We talked foreign policy. I mean, what else can we add? Crime, drugs. Mm -hmm. We got, am I missing anything? Well, uh, they did try to take some credit this oh, past yes, week, right? Yes, yes. An Al Qaeda leader, um, I, think, I think it was Zawahiri. I, yep. I'm just trying to think off the top yep. of my head the name, yep. but um, basically had good intel, thank, thanks to our intelligence agencies, thanks to actually the boots on the ground, the people watching these things. They actually found this guy. They took this, this guy out. Um, but I thought it was interesting. We've interviewed Tyrus, um, Tyrus often on the Gutfeld show, um, or just called Gutfeld. Uh, he had a really good take on this. <laughs> Tyrus, all right, wrap it up for us with your thoughtful. Uh, you know, what? I'm I'm going to be the bad guy here. I guess I'll be the the cat in this situation. Uh, my I'm concerned about the point of this. Mm -hmm. You spit in the face of all the allies we had in Afghanistan. You left them hanging. Mm -hmm. You empowered the bad guys. You China's punking us. Mm -hmm. Russia's punking us. And you go and kill the quiet guy that everyone forgot about who was powerless. <laughs> So now you just inspired everyone who needed an excuse for martyrdom. That's what that's the problem with this administration. We can't even Nancy Pelosi has to fly to Taiwan. Like, I'm going and our administration's like, oh, I probably wouldn't go. I don't know. <laughs> China's bigger than us. And that's our administration. If our previous administration, if someone would have made a threat like that to Pelosi, they'd have been like, for every plane I see, there'll be 500 of ours and a bomb, you know, it would have been a threat. No one would talk to the United States that way. Afghanistan wouldn't think about the things that we've done. But we continue to make these horrible mistakes, these gaffes. Mm -hmm. So you, you pissed it down your leg in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. and now you went and you gave them a martyr. Mm -hmm. So I'm not as thrilled about it. I'm glad he's dead, mm -hmm. but I, I just think the timing was pathetic, and it's not going to take our minds off inflation, what horrible what you're doing in our education, with our police. None, nothing of that's going to work. No smoke screen is going to work. So you killed a guy who was ineffective at the top yeah great take great take so true and uh mike i think you you said this here here we go we're ticking off terrorists and the border remains wide open yeah 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 and then you know the answer is <laughs> why is it open what happened down there i can't believe it can't believe the, that these terrorists are coming across the border right they want to kill all of us what what why, why would that be i mean if you're gonna do that if you're gonna play tough guy and take out bad guys then make sure that you would then protect on the other end of things, right? Know what you've just started. Know what you just did. Uh, and clearly, this administration, they're not in lockstep together, and they're clearly, like, they're literally tripping over themselves most of the time. And I've said it, Mike, a million times. We live near Canada, folks. How easy is it to get over that border? The answer is not very easy, right? right. The southern border 
It's I could walk across it today. We've interviewed border sheriffs down there. It's it's easy as can be. And you know, I just hope maybe one of these years Kamala will find the root causes, Mike. Yeah. She will find the root causes on why these people keep coming over the border. I think I have an answer. She may want to listen to us here, Car- Carmela, as, uh, as as Tucker Carlson calls it. If you're listening to the financial guys today, here's why they're coming over, because the door is wide open. That's the root cause, because yep. it's wide open and you told them to. Nothing to climb. Yeah. <laughs> you just walk right through. Yeah. yeah we're going to talk a little bit more about that, a little bit more about Trump and his, his influence um, on a lot of conservatives across the country and especially in primaries these days. He's, uh, he's really helping still, folks. He's still helping people to win. He used that word a lot, win. He likes to win, and so does America. And uh, <laughs> making America great again just uh, never really was offensive to me. It actually made sense. So, As Mike Lomas always says, Mike, right? Somebody's got to win. <laughs> somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win, and that, that's the model of Trump, right? Somebody's got to win. It's going to be me. Yeah. We'll be right back, folks. We're going to take a hard break here, and uh, don't go away. we got another half hour. We're going to talk a little bit about college planning in this next half hour, so stay tuned. And Mike Lomas. All righty. Welcome back. Lots of good concerts coming into Western New York, Mike, this summer, huh? There have been that. a bunch. You guys are going to one, I think, right? Next, you guys yeah, are. This I was, coming week. Oh, I my was gosh. three feet away from my microphone there. Sorry. Def, um, <laughs> Def Leppard is part of that. Yeah, um, yeah. Motley Crue. Yeah. Oh, put me we on did spot. Billy Joel, Joel last Jet summer. And the Blackhearts. Billy Joel was a great concert last oh, summer. We did that was a lot. So of fun. much fun. It's so much fun. I feel like I'm. Uh, I'm almost sad though because so many of these legendary bands and legendary performers are. They're getting so old now. Yeah. Like they're trying to perform, and many of them are. But some are. I mean, they're passing. Yeah. Know, it's just. It's a shame. Yeah. So we need some people to step up. <laughs> but anyway, you uh, and I, buddy, yeah, we'll get out there. Yeah. You know, well, we can do it, right? Yeah. I mean, we think we could. Um. We know we could get Glenn Wiggle to play the drums. He's a very good drummer, so we, we know who the lead drummer would be. Lomas um, loves singing, so well, yeah, 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 yeah. it'll be perfect. Yeah. I always say at weddings, like, I'm a better singer than dancer, so I'm going to stay over <laughs> here by the bar. You know, and then they say, yeah, let's hear you sing. Uh, all right. <laughs> so, so anyway, we have um, on the line right now one of our colleagues, um, another wealth manager, uh, certified financial planner, and now a college planning expert, Mike Shaver. Mike. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, guys. Hey, Mike. How you guys doing? Good. How you doing? We're doing well. And uh, we we know that the college season is sort of upon us. Um, A lot of parents are out there. A lot of students are trying to figure figure all this out. Um, And and you're kind of now taking the lead, so to speak, in our office to help people. Um, Can you give us a sense of what parents and students are facing with this upcoming fall uh, season, um, you know, really right around the corner. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Parents of uh, high school age children know two things that happen after Labor Day. Number one, their children are going back to high school. Number two, it's college planning season. Well, maybe not necessarily the last one, but definitely the kids are going back to school and maybe it's Buffalo Bill season. Yeah, for but, sure that. Yeah, yep. but, yeah. but parents should definitely should be thinking about how to prepare for it because we all know college is expensive. It's a big decision. So it's definitely have to be something that the parents should, you know, try to educate themselves. And I want to help. I'm a certified college planning specialist and I'm also a certified financial planner. So what I'm going to do for parents of high school age students is I'm going to hold some, um, some seminars this fall. 
starting in September and October, I'm going to do College Planning 101 seminars. Nice. So what parents should do is go to the TFG website and look up the TFG Academy, and we're going to be posting probably by Labor Day the dates in September and October of College Planning 101 so they can attend at our flagship office and uh, learn about, you know, try not to make any college planning mistakes. Awesome. I know as financial planners, um, we help a lot of people that are trying to save for college, but this goes far beyond just saving for college, right, Mike? Not just opening up 529 plan accounts. Right. Um, can you just tell us what, what age might people be interested in, in getting to one of your College Planning 101 uh, classes? Believe it or not, guys, it is um, eighth grade. Mm -hmm. uh, eighth grade all the way through high school. It's never too early to start, right? So, I mean, you know, as far as investing, obviously to do that early. But what you want to be careful of is making any simple, you know, one-on-one college planning mistakes. So, yeah, sometimes it is about what you don't know. Like we, we, we might say, oh, yeah, I open a 529 plan for my kids, but uh, that's not where it ends. So, folks, if you need some college planning advice, you've got students that are college-bound. Not all are, and we, we've often talked about that, right, Mike, on the show about, yep. listen, you know, don't, don't send kids to school that have already disliked school. Get them into some trades. There's all sorts of things that they can do. But if they are college bound, these are expensive decisions, as Mike alluded to. You don't want to make the wrong decision. If you see someone like Mike Shaver, a certified college planning specialist, you just might be on the better road to successes for both you and your children. So, Mike, and, and, and Mike yep. So I just want to mention real quick, too, the number one mistake is for high school seniors, not in the parents, not completing the free application for federal student aid which is commonly known as the FAFSA. So that is something parents think, oh, I know I need too much money. I don't qualify. That's a mistake. You should, it's free, obviously, and you mm -hmm. should absolutely complete that um, online application. I'm willing to help with that. Awesome. So for a complimentary service, no fee, what they need to do is call parents of the high school, you know, seniors, mm -hmm. call 1-833-FIN-GUYS and schedule an appointment with me and I will help the parents and the students complete that online application. Beautiful. So 833-FIN-GUYS, folks, to see Mike Shaver. Happens to be right next door to me in my office. So come on in, 305 Spindrift. Mike, thanks so much for joining us and uh, bringing some really, really good info, especially to parents with, with college-bound students. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, good stuff. And, uh, you know, these can be major, major decisions, right? Students who either want to stay in town or commute. Uh, excuse me, that'd be the same thing. <laughs> or, or dorm. Go away. Or go away. That's what I meant. And, uh, and they might go private. They might go public. The, you know, the majors that they choose. What jobs will you have, right? We, we always talk about this. Like, I, I always break it down pretty simply when we get into some of these concepts. It's like, who wants to contribute and who doesn't want to contribute? Yep. College-bound college students and the parents certainly care about how their kids will contribute contribute right what are you going to do to make a living so it's really important to make those those good decisions and i'll say too i think you know our schools need to do a better job of educating on some of these things too mike mm -hmm. what what should you go to school for should you even go to school right i exactly. mean these trades are are really really well-paid jobs and they're really great careers and for a while it's looked at like oh 
you must be a bum to go be in a trade. Right. No, you don't. Right. It's a great, great career, and they're really smart, hardworking folks that do those trades. And I think that's what schools and colleges have pushed, that it's just really bad and really wrong because there are so many opportunities to have a great life and to make a lot of money and, and enjoy your career. And it doesn't matter if you go to college for it, if you go to trade school for it, or if you just start a business on your own or do whatever you need to do. Totally agree. So Trump. Trump's oh, still dominating. Yes. Uh, primary candidates like Kerry, Kari Lake? Kari Lake, yeah. Uh, Arizona governor primary. Um, <laughs> ballot issues out there, Mike. Even yep. though France can literally have elections, and within hours you know who won. And, and there, there were articles, I think, by the left who said, oh, it's not the same. You know, they're, 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 they're all like, it's kind of centralized voting and all that kind of thing. I'm like, this is not hard. This is what you learn when you're a kid. You, you know how to write, you check off a box, and you should know how to count. One plus one. I know. How many of two. these and how many of those? Yep. And then we just compare, and whoever had the bigger number wins. Like, we, we see it all the time. It's actually still happening, right? Um, I, I was just going to say, Mike, with Joe Kent in Washington, um, we've also had the opportunity to interview him. He's oh, a great yeah. guy. Great guy. This is unbelievable. We're five days after the election, and they're still, it's like they're counting like a thousand ballots a day. Yep. Like, how long do we want to do this till the till the actual election on, in November? I mean, yep. just count the ballots. Stop. They, they stopped counting in one of the places at like 930 p.m. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? I think they're waiting for a lot of those um, little Back up the rent, truck. rental compartment <laughs> trucks to come by with. Maybe there were supply chain issues on all those ballots that were coming in right overnight. And I'll say this, Mike, we said this in the prep, too. These two people we just talked about, Kari Lake and Joe Kent, are people that we would have voted for, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, Kari Lake won hers, and it looks like Joe Kent is going to win his. Mm -hmm. These are people that we, we wanted to win those elections. However, there's no excuse for, for elections to take this long and for, for mistakes to be made. In, in Arizona, they were having issues getting the right amount of ballots or having ballots available for people to vote. That's not okay. Right. That this is stuff that we need to fix. I don't care who wins the right or the left. It's unacceptable. It is absolutely unacceptable. And uh, especially in some of these states where where, you know, if it went one way or another, it's literally the, the, the difference in the administration. Right. Mm -hmm. And this happened. Um, so it happened, actually, I think in uh, 2020, we couldn't figure out how to figure out an election. And it did matter because look at what our country looks like right now. You're a racist <laughs> yeah, okay. for saying that <laughs> there was no issue with that 2020 election. Yeah, there was no fraud. No, there was nothing. That's no. what you know what? It really does. It bothers me. There was so much evidence of various fraud, you know, various uh, discrepancies. Right. Um, no machine breakdowns, machine failures, machine tampering. Why can't the left say, listen, we know there was stuff going on. Like there was monkey business, not monkey pox, thank God, but monkey business <laughs> with the elections. Why can't they admit that and then say, but you know what? There wasn't enough fraud. We still think Joe Biden would have won. I could even maybe accept that. Like, like maybe there wasn't so much fraud that Trump would have won, but they won't even acknowledge that there was any fraud. Even when it's like right on camera, there's so many people like with the threat of going to jail, right? They yeah. were literally, uh, you know, under oath to say what they saw and what happened, and they still won't acknowledge it. And Mike, you know, to go back to this with, with the election and then the January 6th after, our society, I was debating somebody about this last weekend, our society is spending more time on January 6th than we are on African-American children being shot up every weekend in Chicago. Crimes like we talked about with um, 
Tom Mungier earlier in these cities, people getting robbed, business mm -hmm. owners being, you know, thefts happening in all businesses across the country, fentanyl overdoses, right? But right. we're stuck on January 6th. That's the hill we're going to die on, folks, right? That's the hill that the left is, 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 is stuck on right now is, is January 6th. And there are so many other problems. People choosing between do I put gas in my car or do I get my family food this week, mm -hmm. right? That's what they're focused on, not what matters to everyday Americans. And that's what's so sad about this. Yeah, brutal. Absolutely. God forbid you have an ID to vote, too, Mike. Holy smokes. <laughs> You're racist Holy if you think I need smokes. an ID to vote. You know, Holy do you mom. get the theme here? Yeah. <laughs> if you tell me anything I don't like, yep. I know I, I know what I'm calling you. Yeah. You know, so so check this out. So this Griner woman, right, the WNBA player, you know who they're they're thinking they might do a swap with? A prolific Russian arms dealer serving a 25-year prison term. Seems like a nice guy. How is that an even trade? Right. I feel like we should get about fourteen dozen people to get to give him up. Yeah. Like I, I don't know this this game that gets played with this swapping of prisoners and so forth. I mean, Joe Biden said it, folks, and he was, a, or excuse me, Barack Obama said it, and he's exactly right. Elections have consequences, and that's why we're in the position we're in, and we'll continue to be in the position we're in until we fix that problem. No question. So from our last show, we had existing problems. We still had inflation. Uh, yep, still have it. Yep. Border crisis. People no. were dying. Remember, people dying in refrigerator cars. Yeah. People are running across the border to escape border patrol agents. Russia, Ukraine, war still going on. Um, yeah, boy. sending U.S. oil to China and India, yeah. too. Don't forget about that. Seems like we have similar issues still. This is not a problem-solving administration, folks. Donald Trump was a problem-solver, and I think that's what people wanted. You can, you can argue, did we want this kind of pompous, sort of bombastic guy with the mean tweets, um, a businessman? Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> I think we wanted someone who actually solves problems. I would always say, Mike, I, I'd envision him at 3 o'clock in the morning waking up maybe eating some cornflakes or Cheerios or whatever. And then here he looks at this massive whiteboard, which, which has all of his objectives, and he thinks, huh, eh, i got to work on that today. And before you know it, things are getting done. He'd yeah. reach out to his cabinet, and suddenly everything's getting done. Uh, but, and that's what I want again. But he was a mean tweeter, Mike. And and thank God we're now unified more as a country with Joe Biden at the <laughs> right. helm and Kamala. Right. Don't forget that, too. I think we're starting. There's so many issues. We forget that. This is the guy that campaigned and all of his cronies that campaigned on. We are going to unify America, bring back America, build back better. Mm -hmm. Does anybody feel better out there? Anybody if you do, give me a call. Anybody? Do you feel better out there? Do you feel more unified? I don't. I don't think those business owners that are having people jump over their mm -hmm. countertops and steal the money out of the register feel that we're unified again. I don't think the people on subways that are getting chucked in front of a train feel any better. Yeah. I wonder if you feel better that Joe Manchin is now in support of a little mini sort of climate deal, right, bill. He says we're not going to have tax dollars. increases, Mike. He says it. Yep. And then Kristen Cinema, she's with yeah. a few changes to that bill. It looks like it's going to actually go through. It's sort of, uh, it's just a, it's just a de depressing time. I think right now, feeling like it's a ship that doesn't have a rudder. You know, we're just sort of going from one big wave to the next, and you don't know how to to get this <laughs> under under control. So, um, thank goodness for midterm elections, folks. Uh, let's hope that the United States sees it the way we want. I want gridlock. I want all the knuckleheads to have to basically meet in their chambers and, and they can talk about whatever they want. If they want to actually debate different topics and policy, 
go ahead. I just don't want anything to get done. That means they're leaving us alone. Um, I want law enforcement to actually enforce laws. And how about you let the American people be successful like we can, right? Just leave us alone. Yeah. Um, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We should play that fantasy imagination <laughs> yeah. music again when I talked about that. You want to um, go to a quick break yeah. and then we'll finish out there? Yeah, quick yeah. break, folks. We have about 10, 10 more minutes coming up after this little break. Again, if you need us throughout the week, folks, 833-FINGUYS. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at FINGUYS, and you can find and listen to all of our podcasts. You've got Mike Hayflick, that's me, and Mike Sparaza, the guy next to me, doing TFG Truth, where we say we report facts, expose hypocrisy, and espouse common sense. We have the original Financial Guys podcast with Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. And we also have Mike, you, Mike Sparaza, and Stefan Mahailu, the Mike and Mahailu podcast. So wherever you can find your podcast, please find them. Lots of fun. We get lots of good guests. And to tease ours coming this week, Mike, we got the chance to sit down with Paul Meeks of our investment committee. So we're going to have an episode coming out this week with Paul Meeks and you talk, you and I talk about politics uh, before we talk with Paul Meeks. Absolutely. But, yeah. Yep. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll finish up with our last segment as soon as we return. You're listening to the Financial Guys here on the Financial Guys Media Network. You're listening to the Financial Guys Radio Network. As somebody hangs up, that's your cue to call 844-434-4TFG. That's 844-434-4834. little bit more time here folks with you and hopefully you're having a great summer day pretty hot steamy finding some cool weather uh maybe shade pools global AC. warming <laughs> it's a global warming thing yeah. especially in the big cities you know where it's all asphalt and massive buildings yep um where it's all about the structural racism you know according to the uh the new york Health department, uh, health New York department. City Health Department. Yeah. So instead of just giving guidance on what to do to stay, you know, hydrated, stay cool, if you're having issues, how to how to contact, you know, people for help or whatever, they want to, you know, lecture you on, you know, do you realize that structural racism is a is a you know a factor here and in, in you know uh, just just climate change, baby. It's just climate numbing. Change. It, it's just brutal. Before I forget, though, I just want to I wanted to thank again our guest Tom Mungier the New York State Trooper and PBA Union President, giving his thoughts uh, on, on the gun laws, actually on the Supreme Court decision, and then what our governor decided to do, um, Mike Shaver, sh a short while ago, and uh, Peter Nielsen, one of our chartered financial analysts on our independent solutions management team. Um, we are going, as you said, Mike, going into the break, we're going to have Paul Meeks on our podcast to give his uh, sort of broad view thoughts on what's going on and where maybe things are going in the economy. Folks, if you need a review of your portfolio, of any contracts you've got out there, life insurance contracts, annuity contracts, maybe it's your policies, your life, uh, home, auto, RVs, boats, everything that you can insure. If you have old policies, you've got to have someone take a look at them. Make sure that they're still viable, they're intact, but they're also best for you. Uh, you can reach us, 833-FIN-GUYS, throughout the week. Before we go to Trump, I, I want to give ourselves a pat on the back here. We actually got through everything that we put on paper for the first time ever. This is pretty good. We clearly didn't plan enough. We didn't plan enough. We need five hours next we week. We need it. Um, That's right. That's right. I, I do think it's interesting, though, Mike, you know, the, the, the Trump haters out there and like the guy or hate the guy, whatever mm -hmm. you feel on, 
this guy still is one of the most impactful mm-hmm. political leaders in history. Yep. What he has done and his record right now with primary candidates now, we'll see in November if it extends into actual mm-hmm. elections, not just primaries, right? right. But, I mean, he's, he's batting almost 100%, right? right? right. He's batting almost 1,000 here. I mean, he's gotten pretty much every big race has gone his way of people that he's backed. And I don't know what to say other than that's probably an indicator that this guy, if he's going to run for president, is going to take the Republican Party again. Well, let me read a few names, and you, you and I will, t- will decide. Um, would you rather have any of these people? And I'll kind of do it quickly. I know we're coming up, what, about five more minutes here. So would you rather have, this is the game, would you rather have another President Donald J. Trump in office or Mitt Romney? No. <laughs> Mike Pence. I'm all set there. What 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 is about what is it about Mike Pence that people would also maybe say, oh no, I definitely pick him over Donald Trump. What is it? I, I mean, I know what the left would say. He's more presidential. That's what they oh, would say, okay. right? But that, that's great. Yeah, more presidential. That yeah. really that helps dissuade our our the ruthless leaders like Putin and Xi and you know all these yeah presidential Saudi Arabian now. princes. I'm sure if they say, oh, don't don't. Don't do anything to that country. He's very presidential, yep, right? Yep, okay, I'm that's sure. How about uh, Nikki Haley? You know, I, I I do like Nikki Haley. I do not know that she would have a base mm-hmm. like a, a Trump or DeSantis to to take the, the party and and go after a yeah. Biden. I don't know that she has. She's a base. not out there too often. I mean, no. I don't see her too often. No. Ted Cruz. Uh, me personally, I think Ted Cruz has done a, a better job as of late getting across his message. But again, I think he's kind of been there, done that. And I don't know that he's going right. to have the backing to, to, to build up. A couple more. Um, John Kasich. Ooh, I hadn't thought of him in a while. Former uh, Ohio governor. I would say the same thing I said about Cruz with him. I think he's had his moment, and I don't yeah. think he's going to be. Yeah. You know, I think what it comes down to, Mike, any of these names, if you want to read the rest of them real quick. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I think the party would say there's really only two options, mm-hmm. right? It's either Trump takes it again or DeSantis runs and Trump yeah. steps back. That, I feel like that, that goes into these these guys would go into that same category. Marco Rubio, Rand Paul. Yep. Um, now, here we go. Couple, a couple big names. Ron DeSantis. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if Trump decides to not run, I would throw my vote at him all day long every day. Yeah, and we'd all be sad. You know, anyone connected with Florida somehow – we have a lot of clients down yep. there, a couple offices. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd worry like what's what's going to become of Florida, um, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem. Yeah, I I think she is is a great leader there. I, I think you know again the, these candidates. I can see what you're reading right now. These mm-hmm. candidates definitely would have a a a shot at it. I, yeah. I I just I go back to all the time. If Donald Trump actually says he's going to run. I don't think anybody's going to take the party from him right now. Totally agree. Oh, and just one more. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. I absolutely love Tim Scott. Boy, does he ever get bashed and berated as a black conservative. He he just gets bashed and beaten up because he's, you know, he's a conservative guy. He's speaking common sense and they make him sound like like he he doesn't belong, you know? Like like how dare you speak this way? You're supposed to think more like us. I laugh because I see Liz Cheney on here. Here's the problem with Liz Cheney. She's not going to get out of her primary, so I don't see her having a chance. At do, the, uh, do, do, do. You know who a future, a future uh, presidential candidate I do think on that list? Josh Hawley. Oh, 
is is great. I, I actually got the chance to talk to him when I was down in Florida. Mm-hmm. He is super polished and super knowledgeable, and I think he is going to be a great member of the Republican Party for a while because he's a young guy. Yeah. So if it isn't their time now, maybe it's Trump's second term. After that, I think there's a lot, a lot of really, really bright uh, conservatives out there. CPAC going on right now as we speak. In Dallas, yeah. Yeah, so um, lots of fun, folks. Uh, We really enjoy doing this. I think you and I might be on for the first couple weekends of September. I believe that's correct, um, yes. Yes. uh, We all enjoy this, including now Stefan Mihailu, which has been a great addition to our team. Just I, I, whenever I talk about Stefan, I just think a true pro. I literally just yep. think the words a true pro because he really, really knows what he's doing. So we're really blessed to have him on our team. Now. The beauty of hosting with Stefan is he brings in a, a Microsoft Word document and all the clips loaded up so I could just sit down <laughs> and just go. It's just press the button and <laughs> off he goes. No, you, just really, really great. And the, yours and his podcast now, it's so much fun. Um, so, folks, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS, uh, we are out of time, so you can't call in now. <laughs> next next week, though, uh, please feel free to chime in. If you're listening and you are still a Biden-Harris supporter, we'd love to hear from you. Email us. Honestly. Email us. And yep. don't do it anonymously in, yep. like, all these hate-filled emails. Like, do it do it live, and let's debate. Like, I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Um, we, uh, we do a lot of things for you, folks. We do a lot. We love working with people. We love helping people. So if you need us, again, throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. Um, we are going to wrap, and I would just say this. It's been a great, great time. Thanks to our guests and callers. Thanks again for listening to the Financial Guys Media Network.